This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a Thursday, 606-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to take part in the show. It's always encouraged, 1-800-529-5264. It's toll-free from wherever you might be listening. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You did not win the lottery, uh, because I'm guessing you don't live in California, so (laughs) uh, get your butt up and get going to work. Somebody is really, really happy this morning. $1.76 billion. I told you it was going to be above $1.73. $1.76 billion was, was the uh, official. And it, and it was one ticket? One ticket. Oh, wow. In uh, California, again. I think uh, I saw the last four major Powerball winners... Jackpot winners have all come from California. Mm. Another reason to hate California. <laughs> well, they have better odds than we do. They do have 38 million people. That is true. We have, what, 1.8 million? Uh, one, almost 1.9, I believe, ah, now. Yeah. I stand corrected. Pretty close, either way. Um, I did, for the first time ever, win... Powerball. I almost didn't come in this morning. What did you win? $17. All right. Very close to not coming in this morning and just hitting the retirement button. But I I figured after taxes, it wouldn't be enough for me to live on. I, in two consecutive days, have won a free play in the Idaho cash game. I've never won anything in Mega Millions or Powerball ever before. I've never won anything monetary. I don't even know what you have to hit to win seventeen dollars, and I asked uh, when I when I checked, and I'm glad I checked because I almost didn't. And I bought tickets uh, last night, and uh, I go, oh, and that, I have my tickets in the car. Went back out to the car mm-hmm. and brought it back in. Just go, can you check on these? I'm sure there's no winner. And he goes, nope, you've won seventeen dollars. And I go, so what did I do to hit seventeen dollars? Because obviously it's more than hitting just the Powerball, or I, I, I don't know how many. I don't understand so much. I did also find out. Remember, I told you I played double. I've been playing double play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I didn't know what it was, so I asked him. I go, "What is, by the way, double play?" Because that's how I played again yeah. uh, last night. And uh, he said, "For an extra dollar, so your tickets are three dollars. Right. For an extra dollar, for four dollars, you have your lottery drawing tonight. If you don't win, you play for free on the next lottery drawing." And I go, "And it only cost me a dollar extra, so basically, I'm getting two for the price of one." He goes, "Yeah." I go, well, that's stupid not to take the double play. I thought so, you were going to say bait, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah, so even though I, I unless I won $17 or something again, I'll go check mm-hmm. my tickets. But as long as you don't win anything on your ticket, then you automatically are in for free. Well, not for free. It's a dollar. Uh, but you don't have to go back and buy new tickets on the on the next drawing. You, you play the same exact numbers again. Um, you know, you're quick, and I play quick pick. Uh, this is especially good for people who pick the same numbers over and over again. You just keep doing that and 
pay the extra dollar. And, and it was seventeen dollars that you won. I won seventeen. Okay. Uh, uh, one ticket. I played. Uh, it was twenty dollars. So I had uh, what was that? Five five tickets. You can win. So I don't know. Maybe I won more than once on the ticket. Well, I'm trying to figure out because it says that if you get just the Powerball, um, without the power play, uh, you win four bucks. Or you know, with the power play, if it's two, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty, and then forty, mm-hmm. if you uh, let's see what else. Uh, Powerball plus one ball, four, eight, twelve, sixteen. Nothing adds up to seventeen. I wonder if I won twice on something. I don't know. I mean, I won two different lines because I played, you know, five different lines. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. And he did. He didn't know either. <laughs> he couldn't tell me how I won seventeen dollars. The, the computer said you get seventeen dollars. So you <laughs> yeah. got seventeen. So I got seventeen dollars. Right. Uh, and basically, then I realized it's like, oh, I paid twenty dollars to win seventeen. Um, man, if I had just done this, you know, 20 more times, I'd be rich. <laughs> I'm, I'm using government math there. By, mm-hmm. the, way. Um, by the way, uh, You'd you be had richer a than you were yesterday. one in 292 million to one chance to win Powerball. And someone did. Going into yesterday, um, and what happens with the House of Representatives and voters for Speaker of the House the odds of Republicans <laughs> voting for a Speaker of the House were about the same odds as winning the lottery. And yesterday. so we don't have a new one yet today? Do not have a new one yet today. We, we're a step closer, kind of, um, because they did vote. The Republicans voted between uh, Jim Jordan in a uh, private behind-doors vote. And Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise uh, won that, not by a lot, but as people uh, exited after voting, there were uh, a number said that they didn't care. They were voting for Jim Jordan when the vote goes to the floor. Mm. Um, and with that happening yesterday, yesterday afternoon, as uh, Republicans are like to do, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, when you can't do anything, you send people home. So at 3 o'clock, when they realized that they weren't going to get a uh, vote for Scalise to pass, right, they said, all right, we're done with business for today. <laughs> all right, this isn't productive. Let's go home. Go, go home, and uh, we'll come back tomorrow and start fighting all over again. Great. So I don't know where this is going to go. And once again, why is this important? Why do you care? Um, well, number one, basically, um, Congress is paralyzed. Can't do anything. House can't do anything until they get a Speaker of the House. We've, we've got the Hamas terrorist battle going on, the war with Israel right now. Um, can't even put out a bipartisan statement supporting Israel. They said that'll be the first, you know, part of business that the House will do once they pick a speaker is is they're going to, you know, vote to back Israel, mm-hmm. you know, which is not a big deal. However, what's today? Today's the 12th, right? Yeah. Um, we have just a little over four weeks away in the battle over the budget again, and the government shutting down. And, mm-hmm. and to, <laughs> when the continuing resolution got voted on and said, hey, there's six weeks, what do you want to bet that they take all five weeks and four days before they go, hey, maybe we should look at this again because the government's going to shut down this Friday? Well, you know from growing up, when the chips are down, we probably will step in them. <laughs> so uh, only four weeks. They can't do anything on the budget. Um, until they they get somebody elected in the House. I, is that going to happen this week? Uh, the only way I see this, and I, I don't know what Jim Jordan, I haven't, I haven't seen him publicly 
state, but if Jim Jordan would come out and say, hey, look, in committee, uh, in our committee vote, Steve Scalise was chosen by a majority. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pulling myself out. All the people that say you're going to support me, don't vote for me. Vote for Steve Scalise. We have to move on from this and, and get going. That's the only... Does that sound like something he would say? Uh, I don't know. You would like to see that kind of leadership, right? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, and not have this be going on for another week, like we did in January when, when Kevin McCarthy... No. I mean, so right now they're uh, trying to negotiate um, you know, with the people that say that they're not going to vote for Steve Scalise and are going to continue to vote for uh, Jim Jordan, which you know what that means. Look, I'll tell you what. If you vote for Steve Scalise, I'll get this. This is, I mean, they're holding up for something for themselves. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not just doing it to do it. So A majority of them are going, I can get like a prime committee out of this. I, I can get something out of this. So I, if I just stand by and there's enough people to stand by, they're going to have to give up on something. And that's what they did with uh, Kevin McCarthy. They gave up on the, uh, it only takes one person to uh, ask to have the speaker vacated from the office. Fun. So that's where we're at with that today. So there's there's more than just the war going on, and of course we'll talk more about this uh, throughout the morning. But if you want to weigh in, our phone lines, as I said, are open. We'll also have one final pair of tickets to Freedom Brew Fest. This this is the final pair of tickets that we will have this week. If you want to win, stick around. We'll tell you how to get those right now. Our first check on sports. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Get in today for breakfast, lunch. Matter of fact, you can have breakfast and lunch every single day if you want. They are open seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Three of four spots are now taken for baseball's American and National League Championship Series. The American League Series will take place entirely in the state of Texas. The Houston Astros Wednesday eliminated the Minnesota Twins three games to one with a 3-2 victory. Astros first baseman Jose Abreu hit a two-run home run in the fourth inning after hitting two home runs Tuesday in Game 3. Houston will now host the Texas Rangers on Sunday. In the National League, the Arizona Diamondbacks move on after sweeping the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks on Wednesday won 4-2, scoring all four runs in the third inning on solo home runs by Geraldo Perdomo, Kettle Mart, Christian Walker, and Gabriel Moreno all of them off Dodger pitcher Lance Lynn. Arizona will play the winner of the Philadelphia-Atlanta series, which the Phillies lead two games to one. They will host the Braves tonight at 6. The game will be on TBS. Senior forward Abby Muse of the Boise State women's basketball team has been named to the 2023-2024 preseason All-Mountain West team, and the Broncos were voted to place fourth in the conference this season. This all happened Wednesday in Las Vegas at the Mountain West Women's Basketball Media Day. Muse is Boise State's career leader in block shots with 171. The top three teams in voting ahead of the Broncos are Nevada, Las Vegas, Colorado State, and Wyoming, following Boise State or San Diego State, New Mexico, Air Force, Nevada, San Jose State, Fresno State, and Utah State. The choice for preseason player of the year is graduate guard McKenna Hofschild of Colorado State. The Broncos open their season with an exhibition game against the Masters College on Friday, November 3rd, at Extra Mile Arena. That's sports. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And you 
I'm not a Dodgers fan, but you got to feel for Dodgers fans. Because the Dodgers lost? Uh, well, not just this year, but every single year. They have one of the best records in baseball year after year after year, and they just can't make it to the World Series. They won uh, over 100 games again this year. Yeah. And Baltimore won over 100 games, and they're out. Uh, Baltimore, um, I, Baltimore, I feel sorry for them just because of the fact uh, they don't win. What is it, the first time in 16 years that mm-hmm. they, they made they, it? They've had a halfway decent team. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I feel bad for them because their owner sucks. Well, which, basically. Which, which means that uh, much like the Washington Nationals and various other teams, uh, next year they will disband. Yeah. Um, and Maybe they're not going to pay their. Cut, to cut the payroll, and they'll probably win 58 games. Yeah. Um, which in baseball, you know, they, they, there's profit sharing, so they don't care. <laughs> they, they make just as much money when they lose. as They actually mm-hmm. make more money when they lose and don't have a good team. They make the most money on licensing. Yeah. Um, but uh, Diamondbacks, as you mentioned uh, last night, they had the uh, four home runs. And I don't know if you watched the game or listened into it, uh, but that is a uh, record that's never happened before. In postseason. In, in postseason. Take a listen to the call, because this was pretty amazing. It, it wasn't easy that it happened uh, because it looked like it, it wasn't going to happen. Right field, Hayward toward the line, near the foul pole. Fair ball, home run. Might be worth the challenge. The camera doesn't lie in this case, and it looks foul. The call on the field is confirmed. Foul ball. That was a historical call right there. Never in the postseason has there been four home runs in an inning. Ever? Ever. More than 100 years ago? Postseason history. Wow. So, Christian Walker has the home run away. And then hits the next pitch to the moon. There's your fourth home run. I'll show you. Don't take my record away. I'll show you. Uh, pretty amazing. Like it, uh, it, it, it's interesting because the saying is uh, when you, you go to watch baseball games, uh, you invariably are going to see something that has never happened before. Yeah, and, and there oddly it was. enough. And, and crazy stuff happens in the playoffs. The fact that, you know, it didn't look like they were going to get it. And then he hits yeah. one even further. Well, and, they, and they weren't consecutive. There were... No, uh, there were a couple of outs in there as well. There were two outs when Walker hit uh, his fourth. Actually, the, I think the there were five outs by when he hit his fourth. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> KBO news time well, is three of the balls had gone out by that point. Six twenty six. Once again, phone lines open. Uh, if you want to uh, email us, you can do that. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. We also have a uh, text line open for you. Um, and by the way, we will be texting to win again for our Freedom Brew Fest tickets. Um, Stick if, around. We'll give you the details on how to win those. If I had been Lance Lynn uh, uh, last night when the manager came out to get me, the first thing I would have said was, what kept you? <laughs> uh, KBOI News Time, 627. Broadcast from, from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk. KBOI. 6.33. Boise Metro Chamber of Commerce inviting you to the 140th gala event. It's coming up on October 19th at the Boise Center. You can join fellow member and community leaders for dinner and auction. Please don't tell my wife that there's an auction going on. She's (laughs) never met one she doesn't like. Uh, there'll be live music featuring Ashley Campbell, who's the daughter of musician Glenn Campbell. She was touring with Glenn on his uh, final tour when he had uh, dementia. Mm. So she's a good singer in That's her true, uh, yeah. own right. 
she was kind uh, she was kind of in the band to babysit yeah. sort of you know? yeah yeah um if you need uh tickets you want tickets tables or more uh just maybe get some information you can go to boisechamber.org and uh, click on the chamber gala once again that is coming up on uh, october 19th you got the uh, game as you uh, heard us talking about in uh, news there this weekend boise state football tries to remain undefeated in the uh, Mountain West, in Fort Collins, to try and take on Colorado State. Well, they're going to take on Colorado State, try, try to get a win. Um, they have never lost to Colorado State. And, and before, you know, maybe some of you are new to rooting for the Broncos, um, it's not like they've only played once or twice before. <laughs> I think, what is it? it it's 13, 15 yeah. times previously that they've played and have never, ever lost to Colorado State. So hopefully that will continue uh, this coming weekend. And like I said, you can hear all the action right here on News Talk KBOI. Game day with Richie Brocco and Jay Bates starts at 2.30. Pre-game with Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender at 6.30. Kickoff, 7.45. You can listen to it uh, across the KBOI network, uh, KBOI app, Google Play, Alexa, 93.1 FM, 6.70 AM. Uh, you can listen online at KBOI.com. Uh, once again, everywhere. And then here's the other reminder. Uh, after the game, don't just turn off your radio. Stick around after the game. Pray during the ball game. We'll uh, have the post-game wrap-up, and that's where they choose the play of the game. And why is that important? Because if you hear the play of the game, you listen in Monday morning, and we give away Free food, $50 gift certificates to some of the finest restaurants in the Treasure Valley with the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. So uh, to know what that play of the game is, though, we don't post it anywhere else. You don't get it anywhere. You don't, don't share it on social media. The only way you get that is by listening to the post game uh, once again um, with Prater and the ball game. And then Monday morning at about 8.55, we give you a chance to give us the play of the game. If you're the first person to do that, you get that $50 gift certificate for the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, of course, Boise State tied uh, basically for first place in the Mountain West. Um, They probably, out of uh, a couple of teams here in uh, Idaho, have been uh, having the least success this year when it comes to football. College of Idaho uh, ranked nationally. Um, and doing very well this year. The the one big, huge surprise is a team that hasn't been doing very well until this year. They have a new coach, University of uh, Idaho, 3-0 and in the big sky, 5-1, and ranked number three in the nation right now with a huge game this weekend against Montana, number 17 Montana, who is 5-1 and and 2-1 and in the uh, big sky. And uh, how big a game is this, is it? Guess who gets to be on ESPN Saturday? Not, Boy- uh, not Boise State. Is it the University of Idaho and Montana? Vandals are on ESPN too. Oh, good for them. Kickoff. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, this is part of the reason why uh, you know the Mountain West didn't want to be on ESPN is because of the super late kickoffs. Mm. Yeah, uh, the Vandals will be kicking off at eight forty-five our time. Well, so they get they get the late. Are they game are now. they in Montana or are they they're in at Moscow? Uh, Moscow? Okay, so it'll be seven forty five up there. Yeah, seven forty five up there. It could be worse. Um, about the latest, I, I think you're allowed to uh, kick off is is that late. Uh, by the way, it's homecoming 
for the uh, Vandals this weekend, too. So they're expecting a really big so crowd. Better start driving now. If, you never, uh, never know which roads are going to be closed. <laughs> if you're uh, going to be watching uh, on television the Boise State game um, for the first time this year, they're going to have somebody who doesn't have to do a lot of prep for the uh, Boise State side of things um, <laughs> uh, because of Boise State coach and somebody still involved in the program by the way uh is going to be calling the game Dirk cutter all right he is uh going to be uh helping do the analysis uh this weekend so Dirk cutter will be there it'll be interesting to see his take and, and apparently he talks nearly every day to bush Hendon. Hendon said he, mm-hmm. he still they still talk almost every single day even though he completely retired brian, uh, from the program last brian year. harson i think is the only uh ex head uh, football coach at Boise State who hasn't yet been a color commentator on uh, TV broadcasts yeah. at some point. I think you're. I think you know, you're Chris, right. Chris Peterson's on one of the shows, and Dan Hawkins was for a while, and now Cutter. Yeah. So anyway, uh, lots of uh, football action coming. We're coming right down to the uh, middle of the season. Lots more sports for you. Uh, besides that, Chris is here to give it all to you. And uh, once again. Brought to you by our good friends at Pork Belly and Cuna, Chef Wally, uh, everybody in the kitchen. Always there every morning early. Why? Uh, because they don't just get stuff out of the freezer and start serving it, heat it up and serve it to you. They make their stuff from scratch. All their stuff made from scratch. Like we're talking the pulled pork uh, that they use um, on some of their breakfast and lunch items. Uh, smoked for 12 to 14 hours mm. every single day. So that starts the night before. Get in and find out why we talk so much about it and why everybody is talking about pork belly and cuna. In the NFL, the 1 and 4 Denver Broncos meet the 4 and 1 Chiefs tonight at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. You can watch beginning at 6 p.m. if you subscribe to Amazon Prime. The Chiefs have won the last 15 games between the two teams. Kansas City All-Pro tight end Travis Kelsey injured his right ankle Sunday in the second quarter against the Vikings, but came back into the game in the second half and caught a touchdown pass against the Broncos tonight. He is listed as questionable. In Game 2 of the WNBA Finals last night in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces dominated the New York Liberty 104-76 to to take a 2-0 lead in the best-of-five series. Asia Wilson led the Aces with 26 points and 15 rebounds. Chelsea Gray had 11 assists. Game 3 will take place at 1 p.m. Sunday at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Las Vegas is trying for its second straight WNBA championship at sports. Your home of the Broncos for 50 years, 670 KBOI, Boise. 93.1 KBOI-FM, New Plymouth. News Talk, KBOI. From ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Heartbreak and horror in the war between Israel and Hamas. 25 Americans now dead and counting among 1,200 people killed overall in Israel. ABC's David Muir is there spending time in areas and homes that are destroyed. Family photos and a wedding photo here, a photo of a father with his child. Uh, But perhaps what hits the most are these backpacks, uh, the children's school bags left right here in the open. Meantime, in Gaza, about 1,300 people killed in retaliatory airstrikes there. Survivors say water and food is in short supply and the power is out in many areas. 
Israel's energy minister announcing electricity will be restored to Gaza if and when captives are freed. In Tel Aviv, a pledge from Antony Blinken to Prime Minister Netanyahu. As Israel's defense needs evolve, we will work with Congress to make sure that they're met. And amid fears that this could escalate regionally, the U.S. government delivering through Blinken a stern warning. To any adversary, state or non-state, thinking of taking advantage of the current crisis to attack Israel, don't. The United States has Israel's back. Tom Rivers, ABC News at the Foreign Desk. On Capitol Hill, the battle for a new House Speaker still not settled. House Republicans have agreed to nominate Majority Leader Steve Scalise to be the next Speaker, but so far he doesn't have the 217 votes needed to win. And in the ongoing United Auto Workers strike, the walkout at plants is expanding again. 8,700 UAW members walking off the job at closing time at Ford's Louisville, Kentucky truck plant. The strike called after Ford reportedly stopped making further offers in the contract talks. Unions saying they've waited long enough for a fair contract at Ford and the rest of the big three automakers, hoping this latest work stoppage convinces management to compromise. ABC's Andy Field. You're listening to ABC News. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The closed-door secret vote was split, but Kevin McCarthy's lead detractor, Matt Gates, says he'll support his party's nominee. Long live Speaker Scalise. Texas Congressman Troy Nels has reservations. Steve Scalise got 113 votes. That is a majority. But how are you going to convince the other 100-and-something of a sudden just say, well, now we're all going to vote for Steve Scalise? Fellow Texan Michael McCall puts it this way. We can't afford this dysfunction. The nation can't afford this. The American people can't afford it. So that's where we're at. Yes, we can. We have so much money. <laughs> well, yeah, and we have a continuing res- a resolution. I mean, we don't. The government's yeah, going at least the until is, the seventeenth of November. The great thing is, it doesn't matter how much we have because we're allowed to just keep spending it. So even though they made the uh, major step behind closed doors yesterday, um, I'm sure there was uh, cussing and discussing um, the new speaker. Um, how secret did they want this uh, to be? Behind closed doors, House Republicans had their cell phones confiscated while they voted for the new speaker. In an effort to maintain secrecy and prevent information from leaking out before the vote had concluded, lawmakers were forced to hand over their cell phones to their staffers who placed each phone in an envelope and gave lawmakers a note card with the number that they could pick up, (laughs) or that they could stand in line after the meeting to uh, pick up their phones. Well, that's cool, because, you know, it's like grade school. I mean, it, it, it kind of is, isn't it? And it's like, we don't want this leaking out to, you know, X. Yeah, we don't trust all of you Twitter, so. duly elected adults. Final vote, by the way, uh, Jim Scalise, 113. Jim Jordan, 99. Steve Scalise. I'm know. sorry, Steve Scalise. Jim Jordan, uh, 99. Right. It was a close vote. But the majority did vote to bring out for the vote in the House, which is the next step, Steve Scalise. He needs 217 votes. He's got 113 as of right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You can assume, uh, not only assume, uh, no Democrat is going to vote for him. So he's going to get 212 votes if it's the same number of people who voted yesterday? Yeah. 
That's so, not enough, is it? Uh, as they realized yesterday afternoon about 3 o'clock because they were hoping and scheduling to try and uh, get the vote yesterday to maybe have a speaker so that business could start being done because right now House is paralyzed. They, yeah. they can't do anything until a new speaker is chosen. And we've got a war going on. Uh, we've got the upcoming uh, government shutdown yeah. November, uh, on November, November 17th. 17th. Yeah, yeah you're um, right. So nothing has been done on that, and and so absolutely nothing is getting done until this happened. When they realized yesterday that there weren't enough votes to elect uh, a speaker, um, they basically sent everybody home for the day. Because, it, I mean, there's no reason to be there if, if you don't have enough votes. And when I say they sent them home, I mean, people not involved in the process um, – of trying to elect a speaker, you know, basically sent to their homes in Washington, D.C. There were still lawmakers, leadership, um, who are now negotiating with members who have said that they will not vote for Scalise when the vote comes to the House. They're going to still cast their vote for Jim Jordan. Now they're negotiating with uh, all those other people to try and get the 217 votes needed. The uh, Democrats, as I said, will not be taking part. They're sitting this one out and said that they will stay out of the process and rally ha- behind House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. So that's who they're going to vote for when uh, the mm-hmm. the vote comes up. So you're not going to count on any Democrats crossing the aisle. Um, Representative Don Bacon. There's my favorite <laughs> congressman right there when you got the last name Bacon of Nebraska, who is a Scalise supporter, told reporters he wasn't sure whether the uh, Louisiana Republican could garner the 217 votes needed to become Speaker, pointed to the eight Republicans who voted to eject McCarthy as an indication of the splits within the House GOP conference right now. This is his quote. You got eight goofballs who only follow themselves, no loyalty at all. I heard that. Unquote. Goofballs. You got eight goofballs. You know who those eight goofballs are, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I know you do. People listening, those are the eight goofballs uh, that were the only Republicans to vote to oust Kevin McCarthy. That's the eight goofballs he was pointing to. Um, So you you didn't have to have him really name it. Why can't we have a senator with the last name Bacon? Nebraska should have one with the last name Omaha Beef. <laughs> well, in Nebraska, they do raise a lot of uh, pigs, so, uh, you know, bacon kind of fits in there. So that's what's going on um, as they try and get to a House speaker. Over, under on this, Chris, uh, I'm just asking your opinion. Does it get done this week? Uh, yeah, I think it does. And when I say this week, you think today or tomorrow? Uh well, yeah, it'd have to be today or tomorrow. That's this week. So, well, yeah, no, I, I think... I mean, they're going to work on this guess, through the weekend. I, I mean, they'll work Saturday and Sunday also. My guess is they'll figure it out by Sunday. I hope you're right. Um, I'm not as optimistic as you. I, I don't... I think it goes into next week. Unless... At, at, some, po- at some point, the Democrats will just say, you know, I, I want to go home. And then they'll just vote for Scalise, because who cares? I, I don't see that happening. I don't. I, don't, I think they're going to, like they said, just sit it out and let. I mean, Keep for them, for Jeffries. Yeah, I, for them, this is good for Democrats. In my, this is my opinion. It, when it comes to politics, this is a good thing for Democrats. Watching Republicans basically infighting and eating themselves. 
This is a good thing for them when it comes. There's an election happening in a year from now. Mm, true. The Democrats can use this. It's look, look, look. Do you guys want these guys to continue to be leadership? They can't even control their own house, and you want them in control of the whole House of Representatives. So the longer this goes on for them, so which, I think they're going. Hey, if you guys want to take this, you know, mm-hmm. three four weeks out, more power to you. It makes us look good. To which conservatives will say yes, because we like them for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you know, besides being able to get along well. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I, my, we'll, we'll see who's closer. You say by Friday. Uh, no, I, Sunday. You say Sunday, okay. Yeah, you say it'll go I, I'm gonna say I, I'm going to say it's going to go into next week. Unless, and like I mentioned this earlier this morning, if Jim Jordan comes out, and I, I, I don't have, you know, any idea if he would do this or not. If Jim Jordan comes out and tells his supporters, look, we have a lot of business to do here. Um, I would like to be Speaker of the House, but it's not my time right now, and I am not. Uh, I'm asking you to vote for Steve Scalise. I am going to vote for Steve Scalise, and if I'm voting for him, you as my supporters need to vote for him also so that we can move on. If Jim Jordan is able to do that, that would help out the... Uh, Republicans in this, mm-hmm. and, and we, we could see an end to this fairly so, quickly. So, I mean, what are the odds on that then? About fifty-fifty. Yeah, that, that I don't know. Um, I don't know how badly it did. It doesn't seem like Jim Jordan. I know he threw his hat in the, uh, the ring, right? But it didn't seem like he was really pushing to be. That his heart was in it. Yeah, Speaker of the House. I when Kevin McCarthy, he, Jim Jordan was not pushing to be Speaker of the House when Kevin McCarthy was elected uh, earlier this year. Uh, I know he's got a lot of support, and 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 I personally don't think necessarily that he's like, yes, I want the headache of being the Speaker of uh, of the House. I could be all wrong. I don't know. I don't know him. Uh, but that's where we sit. If you want to weigh in, feel free. Email Chris KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They are open for business. The Boise State women's golf team shot the second-best 54-hole score in program history, finishing in fourth place at the New Mexico State Golf Iconic Classic in Las Cruces. At three under par, only one stroke away from the team record of four under set nine years ago. Bronco Leah Chung played third or placed third individually at six under. Franca Pola had a career best three under to tie for six. Boise State's final tournament of the fall season will be the clash at Boulder Creek, hosted by Northern Arizona University October 22nd through the 24th in Boulder City, Nevada. The uh, Three of four spots are now taken for baseball's American and National League Championship Series. The American League Series will take place entirely in the state of Texas. The Houston Astros Wednesday eliminated the Minnesota Twins three games to one with a 3-2 victory. Astros first baseman Jose Abreu hit a two-run home run in the fourth inning after hitting two home runs Tuesday in Game 3. Houston will now host the Texas Rangers on Sunday in the National League. The Arizona Diamondbacks move on after sweeping the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks on Wednesday won 4-2, scoring all four runs in the third inning on solo home runs by Geraldo Perdomo, Kettlemart, Christian Walker, and Gabriel Moreno, all of them off Dodger pitcher Lance Lynn. Arizona will play the winner of the Philadelphia Atlanta series, which the Phillies lead two games to one. They will host the Braves tonight at 6. The game will be on TBS. That's sports. 
Casper and Chris on Google Play. We are News Talk KBOI. Basically, NASDAQ, S&P are flat. However, uh, the Dow ahead of the opening here is seven or eight minutes away. Uh, up now only about 40 points. It had been up almost 100 a little while ago. Uh, consumer price index numbers are out. Uh, what do they say, Jeremiah? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, inflation is slightly higher the, if we're looking at the month-over-month basis. So consumer price index showed that inflation rose at a rate of 0.4% in the than month of September. Yeah, slightly higher than than, obvious, than what economists anticipated as well. Um, relatively muted reaction from the market. And I think the, the takeaway on this is that markets are really looking at what the what the reaction from the Federal Reserve is going to be, and they are pricing in about a basically over 90% chance that the Federal Reserve is going to keep rates unchanged. We've also heard some Fed speak over the last few days that are alluding to that fact as well. Um, what's interesting, though, is that, and as we know, we're looking at the CPI numbers, you have the headline number, which includes the more volatile energy like prices of gas and food. But that doesn't really give us much solace because everybody has to spend money on food and gas. But they have it's always the- interesting when they take that out. Yeah, but look at this: if you <laughs> if you don't eat and you don't use gasoline to get to work, things look great. Yeah, right. And so, you, but you look at the core number that excludes those. That actually shows um, a, a decline in the year-over-year number. So, it basically the takeaway for markets on this is that we're seeing some slight progress, not a huge move to the upside. And the categories that are still the primary driver of these higher inflation numbers that we've seen, because we're we're slightly higher than the low of June. So in June we saw a inflation rate of three percent. So now it's at three point seven percent when we're looking at the annualized number. And what's What's really drove that bump, as we know, it's the inflation in gasoline, fuel, oil, transportation. You're also seeing shelter costs still continuing the trend higher. But on the flip side, you are seeing some trends to start to decrease. Medical care, uh, used cars, apparel. So there are some categories that are starting to decelerate. But additionally, if you're looking at rent, rent accounted for over half of the increase. And again, gas prices were up. So it's it's kind of a mixed a mixed bag here. I think we're seeing a more muted reaction in the markets again because it wasn't a blowout number. It didn't far exceed expectations. It was kind of right in line. And again, the 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 takeaway on this is is will this force or move the Federal Reserve's hands? And right now, the market is saying no. I tend I would tend to agree with that, especially uh, hearing the comments that have been made over the past few days. I don't think the Fed moves. I think they keep rates where they're at. They're going to continue to to see what this data brings and who knows if we'll eventually see rate cuts but i don't see that in the near future and if we do see rate cuts that's likely going to be in response to some type of economic deterioration like maybe the recession bill is ringing we're starting to see unemployment go up wages go down things like that but for right now uh, inflation still staying sticking relatively sticky but um, not not growing it at an accelerated rate Uh, i heard a prediction uh and i can't remember who was saying it that they think gas prices over the next couple of months could drop 40 to 50 cents per gallon um, yeah yeah is that would be a big as far as inflation if if you start to see that wouldn't it because i mean gas diesel all that uh, affects almost everything 
Oh, especially when we're looking at the August numbers. I mean, gas was, I mean, by far, I mean, it accounted for over, I think, 50% right. of the of that headline number that we saw. So, no, I mean, gas is such a driver in these headline numbers of inflation because, again, it's like a, it's a staple. You need it. People are going to spend money on it until we see some type of, de- unless we saw some type of demand destruction, meaning prices got so high where people just said enough is enough. Um, yeah, we're, if gas mm. prices stay high and continue to elevate, that is certainly going to reflect in this headline number which is not necessarily good for the markets because then it's speculation on what the Federal Reserve is going to do. All right, we'll uh, keep an eye on it, get some updates throughout the day. Talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, gents. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.43, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in and being part of the show. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show by calling us to take part at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Sad news to report this morning. Remember the story last week of the 104-year-old woman, Dorothy Hoffner, who went skydiving? Oh, yeah, that was kind of fun. I saw the little film of it, and she just seemed to be having a wonderful time. Trying to get her into uh, the Guinness Book of World Records as the oldest person ever to jump from the plane, um, she died. Oh, just like, what, a week and a half later? Monday. Oh, wow. Hoffner's close friend, uh, Joe Conant, said he was uh, he found her dead Monday morning uh, at Brookdale Lakeview Senior Living Center. Conant uh, said that Hoffner apparently died in her sleep Sunday night. Yeah, when somebody's, I mean, we talked about this before, when somebody's 104, you don't say, well, what happened? Conant is a nurse, said he met Hoffner several years ago. She had amazing energy and remained mentally sharp. She was tireless. She was not someone who would take naps in the afternoon. How do you not take a nap in the afternoon? I can't if do you're that now. Yeah. Maybe that's how you get to be 104. She, I don't know. She fo- showed up at every function. She never missed dinners, meetings, or anything else. She was missed, always fully present. I never missed dinners. Um, Conant said he is currently working through paperwork to ensure that Guinness World Record certifies Hoff, Hoffner uh, posthumously as the world's oldest skydiver he expects it'll take some time current record by the way in case you're curious set in may of 2022 by 103 year old Linnea ingard larsen of sweden who by the way also died uh, since her skydiving experience experts are now looking into studying if skydiving causes people over 100 to die (laughs) it seems it seems like a trend doesn't it I knew a guy who, when he was 100 years old, on his birthday, was interviewed and said, ah, I was so glad to get to 100 because very few people die over age 100. (laughs) I thought, that's a funny (laughs) 100-year-old. You can tell they're mentally sharp still, right? Mm -hmm. KBOI Newstime, 745. Time for our final check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly Acuna. Check out their menu, theporkbellyidaho.com. Saves you a lot of time when you get in because uh, the menu, you're going to be sitting there going, oh my gosh, that looks good. That looks good. You can't eat everything all at once. You can try, uh, mm-hmm. but check out the menu, like I said, theporkbellyidaho.com. Senior forward Abby Muse of the Boise State women's basketball team has been named to the 2023-2024 preseason All-Mountain West team, and the Broncos were voted to place fourth in the conference this season. This all happened Wednesday in Las Vegas at the Mountain West Women's Basketball Media Day. Muse is Boise State's career leader in block shots with 171. 
The top three teams in voting ahead of the Broncos are Nevada, Las Vegas, Colorado State, and Wyoming. Following Boise State are San Diego State, New Mexico, Air Force, Nevada, San Jose State, Fresno State, and Utah State. The choice for preseason player of the year is graduate guard McKenna Hoschild of Colorado State. The Broncos open their season with an exhibition game against the Masters College on Friday, November 3rd at Extra Mile Arena. In the NFL, the 1-4 Denver Broncos meet the 4-1 and Chiefs tonight at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. You can watch beginning at 6 p.m. if you subscribe to Amazon Prime. The Chiefs have won the last 15 games between the two teams. Kansas City All-Pro tight end Travis Kelsey injured his right ankle Sunday in the second quarter against the Vikings, but came back into the game in the second half and caught a touchdown pass against the Broncos tonight. He is listed as questionable. That's sports. Today. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. The former president's longtime finance chief, Alan Weisselberg, is scheduled. Is, is scheduled. He's, he's skating today, so he's, he won't be in the office. He's he's ska- he's, had, uh, he's skedaddling. That's a good idea. Apparently, <laughs> had a, a little bit of technical uh, difficulties uh, there for you. Um, let's try this again. Former Trump financial chief testifies. I'm ABC's Chuck Sievertson. Coming up, um, and here is the that former report. president's <laughs> longtime finance chief, Alan Weisselberg, is scheduled to testify. He's also a defendant in the case. He served time behind bars for tax fraud. The New York State Attorney General's lawsuit claims that Weisselberg engineered Mr. Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they show increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets despite appraisals to the contrary. The documents were given to banks, insurers, and others to make deals and secure loans. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News, so New York. The court case continues. Uh, once again, uh, we, we've heard that this could go on for months, maybe into December. Uh, there was an interesting piece of information that came out uh, yesterday. Yesterday, and this was about something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, about how people thought that uh, Trump was an idiot or that his lawyer screwed up in some way because they didn't check the correct box asking for a jury trial. I don't know why it took the judge so long uh, to come out and make a comment on this, uh, but the judge in charge of the case yesterday said there was no option for Donald Trump to have a jury trial in the uh, civil fraud case against him quoting here we are having a non-jury trial because we are hearing a non-jury case that's according to supreme court justice arthur angora alana haba i think i just pronounced <laughs> your name a lawyer for trump said during opening statements uh, a week ago that her client wanted a jury to oversee the case uh, against him and then uh, she was criticized the uh, trump lawyers were criticized it's like all you had to do was ask just check the box you guys didn't check the gu- the box and Goran said it wouldn't have mattered if Trump's team had checked a box on a legal form requesting a jury or uh, even if he'd made a motion for one because the judge would have shot that down um, as soon as they made the motion. Hmm. So that's if you were wondering if they could, because there were a lot of people that thought that the lawyer screwed up by not asking for that jury trial, uh, especially knowing how much it looks like that uh, the, the, the judge is not a big fan of Donald Trump. So they didn't screw up because they weren't going to get one anyway. Yes. Said there was, uh, judge says there was no option to even ask for it. 
and said even if there would have been an option to ask for it, he would have shot it down, which we did say. It's like just because you ask for a jury trial doesn't mean the judge can, is going to give it to you. But in this case, they couldn't even ask for it. Can people be sent to jail during this for any particular reason? What do you mean? I mean, I'm trying to figure out a reason why there wouldn't be a jury present. It seems to me that if you're on trial for something and you have a possibility of going to jail for it, that there should be a jury. I don't know what the legalities of the case are, but the judge basically said because of the type of civil fraud case that he is trying, it's the, that there are not never juries for this type of right. of case. So, And I don't know what the actual legalities or the law says about this. Um, it is in New York. It's New York. It would be New York law. So I'm I'm not quite sure. Well, I'm sure the judge knows more about it than I ever will. So I'll go with that. Don't you're assuming? True. Yeah, you're assuming. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless still on the way for you this morning. Uh, one of the things I want to get to um, a school district in Idaho going to be starting to use electric buses. And I'm loving the fact that this particular school district is doing it because there are questions from people about electric vehicles and how well they work in the cold. Mm. Do they hold a charge? Is it Blaine? Uh, no, but mm. si- similar, similar. Um, we're we're going to tell you the story, what's happening, uh, how much money is going to spend, and we're going to ask you, do you think this is a, a good idea? Could it, could it be possibly the uh, first step? of Idaho school districts across the state going to electric buses. That's on the way. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The McCall Donnelly School District is receiving $3.95 million through the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Clean School Bus Program for 10 new electric school buses. Funding also covers the infrastructure and charging stations for the buses. The Idaho Capital Sun reports McCall Donnelly will replace its fleet of diesel buses with 10 new zero-emissions electric buses. The new electric buses could decrease the cost of running a bus from about 50 cents per mile under the diesel fleet to 8 cents per mile under the new electric fleet. Funding comes from the bipartisan infrastructure law, which authorized the EPA to offer $5 billion in rebates over five years to replace existing school buses with new zero-emission models. I was waiting for, in addition, school will be closed between Thanksgiving and (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Uh, This is, I mean, this sounds all good news. Now, the one thing I will say that I hope, and you heard in the uh, report there, that these buses are going to be replacing their diesel buses. I hope that when they get these new buses, they don't just immediately sell off their old buses, just in case. I mean, this is all basically a good story for uh, McCall Donnelly School District, because number one, you heard that uh, the buses are going to save about two cents per mile over using diesel. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, two cents isn't much, but you take two cents times 10 times however many miles that the bus drives every single day. Uh, that, that At the end that's of the year, a, school year, you're going to be yeah, talking that's, quite that's, a bit of money. That's a few dollars. Uh, the other thing, by the way, that is good for the school district is you, you get all new buses, and you don't have to pay for them. This is money 
that uh, they get from U.S. taxpayers right. from the what, uh, Environmental Protection Agency Clean Bus Program. What's the possible downside? The downside is, and this is the reason why I am so glad that out of all the schools that could do this in Idaho, that it's McCall Donley School District. For those of you who haven't lived here a long time, um, McCall, in the wintertime, gets a lot of snow. McCall, in the wintertime, gets very, very cold, sometimes as low as 30 or 40 below zero. What have we heard about electric vehicles, uh, some of the drawbacks of electric vehicles? Well, we have heard that occasionally, when it's really cold, for some reason, the battery does not want to work. Doesn't charge. Doesn't charge as fast, and not only that, but it doesn't hold its charge. I I don't know how long some of the buses routes are in McCall, uh, in McCall School District. Um, I know that uh, I I rode the uh, school bus in uh, District 302. Look at that. All these years later, I still remember our district mm. uh, for Nespers. Um, our school bus ride uh, lasted an hour and a half from beginning to end every day. Really? Yeah. So by the time the school the school bus left the school to pick us up, and by the time it, and, and we're we were very we we were ten fifteen miles um, from the school district, so that the first kids on the bus didn't get picked up until the bus had already driven you know fifteen miles, <laughs> and then you had the long route because we were in a very rural area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a you know for the bus driver hour and a half every morning and every night. Not a long, you know, easily probably uh, diesel, you know, you would only have to fill up maybe once a week. So when it gets to be 25, 30 below, you're using the heater on the bus to keep the bus warm. It's going to be interesting to watch what how these batteries react to that cold. That's why I'm, yeah. I'm super happy um, that they're going to be doing this in one of the most difficult places to use electric vehicles in the uh, state. In the cold. In the cold. Um, if that works, they'll have one for the Stanley district. If you, if you don't, yeah, Stanley would have the same problems. If you uh, aren't able to use electric vehicles efficiently in the wintertime, because they won't hold a charge. You can't charge them up quick enough uh, in the amount of time that it takes you to charge. Um, you kind of lose the advantage of having electric vehicles if you have to have electric vehicles mm-hmm. for the summertime and diesel-powered vehicles for the wintertime because electric vehicles won't work, right? If, if that happens, uh, they should just you know sell them to Tucson and go back to their old ones. So, I, And I don't know the makeup of electric buses uh, or how they compare to electric vehicles. Um, but I have talked to uh, people who have had tried to have electric vehicles in places where it's cold, and they said that it's just they they can't get even a hundred miles um, out of an electric vehicle. Now that's yeah. that's a car, and, and it doesn't well, compare to a bus. So I don't know uh, if a bus has much much more um, battery capacity than a car. I, I mean, it would have to, but I I don't know how it would compare, and if it is something that is directly made to be able to work in cold weather like places like this. Yeah, I mean, the technology may have leapt a bit forward since we last uh, rode the bus. So who knows? Uh, I don't know when uh, exactly they plan on having 
the 10 new uh, electric buses, but they uh, did announce it this week that this is going to be happening. Um, they, I, they hope that they're going to arrive uh, in the spring. So we're not going to have until next year to be able to uh, find out because uh, mm-hmm. the hope is March or April that the buses will show up, which by then, even in, in McCall, it's starting to be uh, you know warmer. It's still kind of wintertime in March and April. Um, so it may be until next year before we uh, get to see what yeah. or how well these buses work in the uh, wintertime. But uh, they're coming. And they will be here, and this is something that a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on. We'll take a break here, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, if you want to email your thoughts in right now, it'll be a little while before we can get to your phone calls because we have our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question coming up. But if you want to email us, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com, uh, you can call us up after news at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, stick around. As I mentioned, $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew with a Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Coming up next, right after Bronco Sports Today. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 823, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Check out the Lone Star Ranch Autumn Home Showcase. Get all the details at JustImagineIdaho.com. It's going on this weekend. Uh, Linda, Linda. You're going to get first crack at our question today. Try to get yourself a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro in Meridian. Which network television show brings in more money from political TV ads, specifically just political TV ads, than any other TV show? What's Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> I like you answer, answered it very well. What's Wheel of Fortune? Yes, Wheel of Fortune is it. Why, you might be asking? Uh, because a ton of people watch it, number one. And the average age, what would you guess the average age of somebody watching Wheel of Fortune? 65. It is 65. Well done. Which is exactly who candidates want to target in their political television ads. Congratulations, Linda. You've got yourself a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro. Uh, hang on the line. We'll get some information. Didn't win this morning? Don't worry. we got one more day. We'll do it again coming up here tomorrow morning uh, at this same time. Stick around. Still on the way for you this morning. Freedom Brewfest tickets. Want to win those? We're going to tell you how to do that. When we come back after news, at the bottom of the hour, phone lines are also back open. Uh, if you want to talk about the uh, McCall Donnelly School District, switching over to electric vehicles, electric buses, getting rid of their diesel buses, getting electric vehicles, um, go ahead. You can weigh in on that right now. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Also on the way uh, this morning, uh, big Supreme Court case. Ended up not being a Supreme Court case. They decided not to hear uh, this case. This was this was big nationwide, and it was an Idaho case uh, having to uh, do with illegal search and seizure. Mm. We'll talk about that, see if you agree with this. Uh, uh, basically, what Idaho Supreme Court ruled will now stand because the Supreme Court said they will not hear the case. We'll get to that and more all on the way here on News Talk KBOI. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. 
This little song is more to the point Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer And hard cider It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Freedom Brewfest. You like beer. You like hard cider. You like wine. The place to be is Indian Creek Plaza in Caldwell. Coming up on Saturday, freedombrewfest.com is where you can pick up your tickets in advance if you don't win. I have one final pair of tickets that we're going to give away right now by texting, I like beer. We'll make it simple today. I like beer. That's it. 208. 206-3700. 3363700 that's the text number i like beer we're going to give you uh until just before 10 o'clock this morning so anybody uh this is the last pair of tickets that we're going to be giving away if you want your tickets uh it's going to be going on saturday text us got to be 21 or older to get it and this will let you sample your choice of over 30 beers as well as wine and hard cider they have some really good flavorable mm. favorable fav try that again Flavorful. Flavorful hard ciders. Uh, the Huckleberry hard cider that they had last year was fantastic. Of course, I love Huckleberry, and it was really good. So uh, once again, uh, the tickets will get you the beer sampling. This is free. Anybody can go to this um, because they've got live music. They have food. You can hang out with all your friends at Indian Creek Plaza. It's going on 1 to 6 o'clock. Great cause, too. Sports, local veterans, Caldwell community, uh, various uh, schools in the Caldwell area. So 100% of the proceeds go to that. If you want to get your tickets, you didn't win them from us, freedombrewfest.com. And then I will see you there Saturday, and I'll hang out with you because I'll be uh, emceeing uh, the event from 1 until 6, once again, Indian Creek Plaza. So you got plenty of time. Text, I like beer, 208-336-3700. All right, that's out of the way. We're underway with that. Um, back to our conversation this morning. Uh, about electric school buses. The McCall-Donnelly School District is receiving $3.95 million through the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Clean School Bus Program for 10 new electric school buses. Funding also covers the infrastructure and charging stations for the buses. The Idaho Capital Sun reports McCall-Donnelly will replace its fleet of diesel buses with 10 new zero-emissions electric buses. The new electric buses could decrease the cost of running a bus from about 50 cents per mile under the diesel fleet to 8 cents per mile under the new electric fleet. Funding comes from the bipartisan infrastructure law, which authorized the EPA to offer $5 billion in rebates over five years to replace existing school buses with new zero emission models. McCall, Donnelly School District. Mm-hmm. That, that's the area that gets very cold in the wintertime, sometimes as low as 40 below zero. It's known to get that cold. Uh, a lot of it's below zero through most of the winter time in McCall. Uh, Elon writes in, probably Musk? probably not. It's really, <laughs> it's probably not really Elon. Elon Musk is is listening to us now this morning. <laughs> well, according to this, yeah, uh, somebody named Elon is. Uh, but um, I think Elon feels that uh, you're too enthusiastic about the possibility of failure. Because he says, why is Mike, and by Mike I mean any of your listeners over 50, so eager and super happy for something to fail? Forget the save the world nonsense. If it saves money in the long run, isn't that good for the school district? Such a curmudgeon, so anti-progress, we're so eager for this type of technology to fail. Why do we move into a newer, more 
Why do we move into newer, more efficient homes? We should be moving into older homes with no insulation and wood-burning stoves. Hey, Elon. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Apparently, Alon, you don't listen very well, which is weird since you call me a curmudgeon. Uh, are you deaf? Have you, do you need hearing aids? I explicitly said, this is a great idea. Did you miss that? I don't know why you think that I am so enthusiastic about this failing. That's not what I said. I said this is a great idea that McCall Donnelly will be one of the first school districts in our state to try out electric buses. Now, I, said, is... I said it's great because it saves money. And by the way, uh, I did get a, a text message, and I apologize. It says, I don't think the math uh, was correct on the electric bus savings per mile. The story reported a savings of $0.42. Cents. Uh, yeah, I miss I misheard that. I apologize. I did get that wrong. Uh, I thought they said they were saving $0.08. Cents. It is $0.42 cents a mile. So it's a much bigger savings compared to diesel. Um, I, I said it was great that they saved money. I said it was great that the school district gets to buy 10 brand new buses and it costs the school districts or taxpayers of McCall Donnelly absolutely nothing. Well, not abs, they're part of the entire tax paying nation that's paying for that. These aren't free. There's no such thing as free. It is being paid for by taxpayer dollars. All of us are paying for this. The reason why I said this is such a great idea is because of the number of people. Elon, pay attention, who live in cold climates, who say electric vehicles are pieces of crap in the wintertime. That's not me. I have never owned or driven an electric vehicle. I don't know if electric vehicles are pieces of crap in the wintertime. I'm reporting what is being said by people who have actually driven in places like Colorado and tried to use electric vehicles in the wintertime, and they are not efficient in any way, shape, or form. That's why I said this is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. It will tell us right away if diesel trucks or diesel uh, buses are better or worse or can save money because you don't save money. If you have to buy electric vehicles for your use in the summertime Mm -hmm. and then you think you're going to use them all year round, but for three, four months out of the year in McCall, you can't use them because they don't work. You're not saving money. You've lost a bunch of money because now you're going to have to buy back your diesel buses to get the kids back and forth right. to school. So we're not hoping they fail. No. Uh, now, if if they do, uh, will we make fun of them? Maybe, but we'll we'll do so with, of course, uh, all due respect. I here if they fail, I promise not to make fun of the buses. I promise not to make fun of McCall uh, Donnelly School District or uh, the government who gave them all this uh, free to them money. I I however will promise to make fun of you. We could make fun of each other because you know there's probably time for that. Gordon Council, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hi, fellas. This is great. I got my coffee. The sun's coming up. I get to be a big shot and talk to the world on the radio. I would pay to do this. They, the company, they can't do like it to save money. They could just have guys like me call and pay to be on and, and do away with you all together. Wait, now, wait a minute, but, Gordon. How much would you pay us yeah. to do this every day? Uh, 
$4. Each? Is that $4 each for Chris and myself? Oh, I thought I'd be paying the company. I see each of you. Well, how about, I was thinking like $2 a piece, but just for, no, just for no. a couple of minutes, though. No, no. What, what about Derek? No. What does he get? Yeah, we, you know what? That's not enough money. Thanks for the call, Gordon. Not enough money. And we have to pay the producer, too, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's got to be $4 for Chris, $4 for me, $4 you know, for Derek. Did you know this is National Pulled Pork Day? <gasps> I did not know that. Thank you for sharing. I didn't mean to interject that in the middle of uh, what we were talking about. But All right, Gordon, I was just kidding. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking if the buses don't work in the winter, I mean, they may not work in, in council either. It gets cold, but they could start having school in the summer. <laughs> and, and, that way, and that way you wouldn't have to use so much energy to keep the school. Could, could you imagine uh, telling all the parents, by the way, um, I just want to let everybody, the parents, know in our school district, that we're going to uh, have our summer break now in the winter uh, because our school yeah. buses don't work in the uh, winter. So we're now going to take our summer break in the winter, and our, our, our winter yeah. is going to be our summer. Uh, hope you guys are okay with that. Well, I think they're going to have to because if they have the universal pre-K, it's going to be a bunch of three- and four-year-olds, and you can't just leave them off by the side of the road. You know, here's Sally. Is that your house there? I went to the zoo, and I saw a turtle. Yeah, but is this your house, you know? If it's 20 below zero, you can't leave a three- or four-year-old off by the side of the road. And besides, who's, who wants to drive a school bus with 53-year-olds on it, you know, three- or four-year-olds uh, in the winter? I mean, it's hard enough at any time. I think we're going to move to summer school sessions. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper to run the schools. You know, you know, Gordon, you had a great idea that you were going to pay us $4 uh, each every day to call up. But if, if you're going to call up with those kind of ideas, you're going to have to come up with a lot more money. Oh, well. <laughs> thank you for the call. I, thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you found something you could change the topic to. Not that you don't do a great job, you guys, but that stuff that's going on over there right now, we can't leave it alone, but... It's great to have a break from it, and I appreciate it. Thank you. you well, and it, it's not really a break. It's it's the fact that just because what is going on uh, in Israel um, with the war, it, it continues to go on. It doesn't mean we're just ignoring it because, like you said, no. it is going on. But there is other things that are happening here in our state, here in our nation, that are close to home, that um, we've spent so much time talking about that we've kind of, you know, left some of the other stuff by the wayside. So it's not that we're ignoring it. It's just that there is a lot of other stuff going on. No, I realize that, and I appreciate it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You bet. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Um. no name on this one. It's a text message at 208-336-3700. says, in winter, if you're trying to heat the interior of the bus without the heat of a combustion engine, it will be a significant drain on the battery. Larry writes in and says, you need to have people think about L.A. Valley, where they do not have 40 below winters, and 47% of their electric bus fleet is out of service. Really? Oh, well, that's what he says. Hmm. Uh, 
John writes in, uh, they tried electric buses in Jackson Hole. There's another place that's very cold in the winter. Uh, they tried electric buses in Jackson Hole the last few years. All of them are broken down now. They had to beg, borrow, and get more diesel buses to replace their electric buses. And you think McCall's going to work. I didn't say I didn't think it's going to work. I said it's a great idea to try it there in mm-hmm. our state to see if it does. Because, I mean, McCall isn't the only cold area in the state of Idaho in the wintertime. I mean, it's cold here. In, we've got below zero in Boise, as much as 20 below in Boise before. Um, it's not normal, but we get cold. Rico writes in and says, cost savings. What is the cost of the buses and their maintenance? After the initial grant, who pays for any unintended consequences? There will be many. Uh, the maintenance, I think, will be up to the uh, school district, school district yeah. which will mean Idaho taxes. But, yeah, I mean, you have maintenance also on, on sure. diesel buses, too. So they'll, I don't, just, they'll just do that yeah. instead of this. And I don't, I don't know what the technology is. Like I said, I've never owned an a, a electric bus. Never ridden in an electric bus, never driven an electric bus. I don't know what the technology is to uh, do the upkeep. I don't know uh, how much battery power is used in the wintertime to keep the bus warm with the heater if it's uh, an appreciable amount more. Um, I don't know. Those are, And that's why I said this is a great idea. They're doing this in one of the first. It's not the first school district, by the way, uh, Genesee School District. My old uh, school district in my elementary days James um, uh, is the first school district to do it, but McCall will be the first really cold oh, we need area to, in the state. We need a break. All right, we'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, if you want to email us, you can also do that. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Text message in on the uh, electric bus conversation we're having right now. Are you aware that diesel vehicles need to be plugged in in the wintertime too? No, they don't. They only need to be plugged in if they are stored outside and it's a temperature cold temperature uh if they're stored inside and by the way i know this because i grew up on a ranch that had a lot of diesel vehicles tractors trucks and uh, we stored them in the shop never had to plug them in it got 20 25 below there now if we left them outside we had to plug in for them and they had to be plugged in james uh, writes uh, cambridge was offered these buses 70 miles on a charge propane space heaters were an option that the Cambridge School District was responsible for. They realized the buses couldn't be used for sport teams to travel because Bruno, for example, can't oh, re- can't, I didn't even think of that. Can't recharge the bus for the return trip. Several for the drivers kept buses at their homes. That's not an option unless you have charges at their homes. That was from James. They're going to have to keep diesel buses, and I didn't even think about uh, because a call Donnelly School District travels a long way for their sports because there's not a lot of schools in their classification right there so um they sometimes have over 100 mile trips round trips uh to get in and some of those places wouldn't have a place to uh, plug in that's a that's a very good point i denny, didn't even think about that denny in in nampa sent uh, a link to a story he says here's a link to the wave of the future forget batteries and it is of course something we've talked about before the daimler hydrogen engine uh for which the uh byproduct is water yeah uh another text message no name says how many diesel buses have uh started on fire or exploded compared to electric cars don't know 
Sure, it's happened. I'm going to go with... Few, don't know how it compares. Fewer? I don't know. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, if you want to weigh in, we got news coming up here next. We'll get back to some of your phone calls and emails. Phone lines are open. If you want to email us, you can also get through that way. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, or you can text us. Don't forget, if you're texting, also text I Like Beer. Somebody is going to get our final pair of Freedom Brewfest tickets. You'll have about uh, 45 minutes to an hour more to text in. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.05, before we get in, uh, back into our uh, discussion uh, about electric bus in McCall, switch over coming up next year. I uh, did want to give you a, a, an update on a story we just uh, had there. Police say the person of interest, and you heard in the news story there, uh, in the uh, Ontario homicide uh, earlier this week, has been found. Malheur County District Attorney David Goldthorpe says police found the body of Connor Fry when they went to arrest him on a warrant um, last night at his home in Ontario. Fry was listed as a person of interest in the death of Daniela Perez, 24 years old. On Tuesday, her body was found inside the trunk of her car after she was reported missing earlier in the day. Police said that they were first notified about the woman, went missing under suspicious circumstances. Uh, using OnStar, officers said they were able to locate her car in a parking lot in downtown Ontario that belonged to um, the Ontario School District. When police arrived, said they found Perez dead inside the trunk of the car. Police believe she was killed in the case being investigated as criminal homicide. In the news release uh, put out this morning, Goldthorpe said uh, Fry appeared to have died from a self-inflicted shotgun wound. Mm. Police continue to investigate. So, yeah, so that case may uh, be able to be closed soon. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Into the 9 o'clock hour uh, we go. You've got about 40 more minutes if you want to text I like beer. I like beer. Once again, we'll give you a chance to do that uh, up until about 9.45. We'll pick one person at random to get our final pair of Freedom Brewfest tickets. So go ahead and do that right now as the show continues. Uh, a couple of emails to uh, get to. Mike and Chris, I like your show because you present news and opinions honestly. Occasionally, Mike Casper in particular seems to deviate from this. And this morning's presentation about McCall's electric buses was an example like a previous listener, Alon, I think, uh, Mike's enthusiasm and neutrality seems feigned. Although Mike weaves in language, like I'm glad McCall is getting this is a great idea. I don't know the mechanics of electric buses, etc. His doubt shines through. I don't even care if Mike does have doubt or wants to poke fun of it. Just I don't like him pretending neutrality he claims when he does. I'm serious. It damages your credibility when you genuinely present things neutrally. You can have your opinions. You can have your doubts, but just be honest about it like you usually do. I, for one, appreciate it. Sincerely, Eric. Eric, thanks. Uh, appreciate your thoughts. Uh, by the way, I will say the same thing that I have said for the last five years. Everything I talk about on my show is my opinion. We, we get people, and, and Chris will tell you the same thing, we get people that will say, oh, you guys must be told by your bosses and people above you that you have to talk about certain things certain ways or you can't say certain certain things. Um, I've been here coming up in January five years. Chris, much, 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 much longer than that. <laughs> uh, I have never once been told how to think, what to say uh, on this show. These are my personal opinions. And yes, I am skeptical of electric vehicles operating 
efficiently in the McCall Donnelly School District. I am also equally as happy that they're doing it here. Out of any place in the state that you could pick, McCall Donnelly School District or the Blaine School District are two places I would say, try it there. If it works there, it's going to work for the rest of the state. I mean, you could go to uh, one of the cold school districts or Hagerman and Lewiston. But that's it. That's yeah. all we have. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I thought it was kind of interesting. That that seemed like he was accusing you of being part of a conspiracy theory and being the only one part of it. <laughs> Remember, it's only a conspiracy theory if, if it's you, not true. If Well, <laughs> I guess. And it's only a conspiracy, really, if at least one other person is involved in it. So I guess this wouldn't qualify as a conspiracy. Yeah. Just you being you. Uh, cr- uh no name on this one. Another text message says, good morning, gentlemen. How about a compromise with the bus ideas? We know it's not practical to go all electric, but they could be designed for hydrostatic drive, electric DC motor drive with a smaller, more efficient engine that would run uh, a- a- an onboard generator. We've done it and still do use the systems uh, in some of our military aircraft support equipment, firefighting equipment, cranes, etc." You know, and that would that that that's basically the definition of the vehicle you like, guys drive, uh, right? Like most a hybrid. Like most military aircraft, that's over my head. <laughs> but that I mean, what you described but basically yes, we, is but, is a hybrid. Yeah, but we have a hybrid. Yeah, and and hybrids when, will uh, work. It's it's sometimes it's like like we're going down the freeway. It'll be running on electricity on the battery, and then after a while, the battery will start to get low, and you notice that it's running on gas again. But the wheels, you know, running in the, in the engine or everything, they're charging up the battery, mm-hmm. and so eventually it goes back to battery. And uh, it's kind of nice. I mean, we went to the Oregon coast, and I think we only stopped for gas one time. And that, I mean, your idea would be uh, a great idea to some of the um, things that I don't necessarily like, and, and we won't know whether or not electric vehicle. Uh, buses will work in, in McCall until they go through a couple of winters and see how efficient, if they still remain efficient, or if they have electric vehicles and also have to maintain a fleet of diesel vehicles to use in the wintertime, then it's not cost-effective or efficient mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. Um, but hybrids, and, and I've said this the whole time, um, you know, hybrids, and, and you, you've backed it up in your use of it. You guys love your hybrid where you won't get caught in the middle of nowhere with no place to charge and you're out of electricity. Because if you run out of electricity, you can't just go get, you know, your gallon can of electricity at the closest electric charging station and, and fill up. Yeah, the, the places that sell those tend to be just pop-up, you know, and, and then the next day they're gone. <laughs> and part of that is because everybody wants their money back. James... Writes in and says, uh, I'm sure the child labor in Africa and slave labor in China will be thrilled to hear McCall is going EV. I'm not entirely sure what those things have to do with each other. Mm, yeah. If anything. Um. If you want to write back a slightly um, longer or uh, more ex- explanatory uh, email, that might be a good idea, James. Pete uh, writes in Mike at KBOI.com. I love the hydrogen idea, but there is one problem I can foresee with that also. In cold weather areas like McCall, it get below freezing. They may have a problem with water exhaust on all the streets multiplied by however many cars there are. It could be like driving uh, on an ice rink. (laughs) That's one problem I see. watering the streets every moment, essentially. (laughs) Billy C. writes in, this is off topic, but he says, Last night the hated Phillies hit six home runs against my beloved Braves. 
thus matching the Cubs for most in a postseason game. Okay. I didn't report that in the sports. My fault. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Bill. Um, I did get, by the way, uh, a correction this morning, and uh, apparently the person that sold me my uh, lottery tickets last night uh, might not have understood the double play either, um, because he said uh, that when you buy your double play, if you don't win on the next drawing, uh, you automatically get entered in on the uh, next drawing. Apparently that's not the case. Somebody wrote in a text message that says the double play is where they draw another set of numbers that same night. And you win $10 million if you match all six numbers. I see. So it's uh, apparently it's the same night. It's not the next Powerball drawing, uh, but you have a chance to win. Hmm. Win twice. You just have to pay that extra dollar. So there. I finally have it figured out because I couldn't get it. The last two times I'd, I'd ask the people selling me the tickets, well, can you explain what the double play is? And they couldn't. I won $17 last uh, from Saturday's drawing and uh, or Monday's drawing, sorry. And I asked them to explain, how did I win $17? They couldn't tell me how I won $17. No, I, I looked at the chart, and there is no actual win that pays you just $17. Yeah. So I couldn't figure out what the $17 payout. The only thing I can figure out is there's some combination of the five different tickets that I bought paid off some way, then it totaled $17. But I, I'm not good at math, and I'm not going to start trying to be good at math now. That's probably wise. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll save time. Yeah. Um, another subject we talked about earlier this morning uh, we don't even know if this vote is going to happen today um, on the uh, speaker house of representative speaker they did come to a, an agreement in a closed door session yesterday uh, by a slim margin steve scalise beat uh, jordan yesterday jim, uh, jim, jordan. jim jordan and so yesterday after that happened they were going to uh, take up a vote in the house to try and as they wanted to do, get a speaker yesterday. However, they're not close. They need 217 votes. Not one Democrat is going to vote. They need 217 votes. So that means they need everybody, with the exception of four people. Only four Republicans can uh, vote for somebody else besides Steve Scalise. Scalise, and they realized they didn't have those numbers yesterday, so they basically adjourned for the day because they can't do anything no matter what it has to do with is Israel, the war, um, budgeting, nothing until they get a Speaker of the House. Yeah. So they uh, adjourn for today. They, they are hoping that they'll get the first vote today. And once again, like I mentioned, they're hoping that that first vote will be the only vote needed. I, unless they get some movement, though, from people who have already said that the only person they're going to vote for is Jim Jordan. It's weird they don't have rules that the you know interim Speaker of the House can conduct business as opposed to what he's doing now, which is just hold a really, really large gavel yeah. and try to break the desk with it. Like I, like I said, I, I think the only way you're going to see a break on this quickly is if Jim Jordan says, hey, I want everybody who says they're yeah. going to vote for me, thank you for your votes, but you need to vote for Steve. We need to get through this. Uh, Tom from Emmett wrote in and says, Jim Jordan said yesterday that he would give the nominating speech for Steve Scalise. Does that mean he will vote for him and tell his supporters, stop voting for me? Well, it's, it, 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 that's closer to it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another person writes in, how can Jim Jordan think he would be a uh, representative, let alone in the House Speaker, with the uh, Ohio State scandal hanging over his head? If I were Steve, I'd bring that up on every vote. 
However, the it, it, it okay, excepting Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy, uh, they really don't want to be bad mouthing people within the same party uh, quite yeah. as quite as much as they have say the last few weeks. And by the way, um, this thing hanging over uh, Jim Jordan's head isn't something new. It's been hanging over his head for what more than a decade. Well, yeah, and it hasn't stopped anybody from voting for him. I yeah. guess. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll take a break here. Phone lines are open. You can email us also. Uh, when we come back, I was uh, going to tell you about that uh, Supreme Court case that everybody was waiting for the Supreme Court to hear, um, and they decided not to hear the case. This is an Idaho-based case that uh, drew a lot of attention. Uh, we'll tell you about that, tell you where it stands as of right now when we come back. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921 U.S. Supreme Court announced they will not take up a high-profile Idaho case that tested whether a drug-sniffing police dog illegally searched the car during a traffic stop The Idaho Supreme Court in March ruled that when a mountain home police drug-sniffing dog jumped on the side of the car while following an officer's direction, a suspect's Fourth Amendment protection against unlawful searches was violated. Federal court's uh, inaction means that the decision from the state's highest court will now stand, setting a precedent for uh, limited um, limitations on law enforcement use of canines in drug searches. The case stems from a 2019 arrest of Kirby Dorf, a mountain home man who was later convicted of drug drug possession and delivery during a traffic stop. The dog, police dog Nero, alerted to drugs in Dorf's car after he jumped against the vehicle multiple times to sniff its upper seams, including once when his paws rested on the driver's side door and window. Dorf appealed his conviction to the state Supreme Court, arguing that law enforcement found uh, a pill bottle, folded papers, and a baggie with a white powdery substance in his car during an illegal search. The Idaho Supreme Court ruled that when Nero intermeddled with Dorf's property, it meant police had conducted a warrantless search. Idaho Attorney General Raul Labrador petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court to review the case in its petition to federal court. The Attorney General's office argued that Nero's actions were instinctive and unattributable to law enforcement and that a police dog's brief contact with the outside of a car is not a physical intrusion of a constitutionally protected area. The Idaho Supreme Court previously determined that the dog's actions were prompted by an officer who made upward gestures directing the dog towards the areas to sniff. The uh, court saying there is no asterisk to the Fourth Amendment excusing the unconstitutional acts of law enforcement when they are accomplished by means of a trained dog. That is the majority opinion uh, from Idaho Justice Robin Brody. So there will be limitations on drug-sniffing dogs. Hmm. So for those of you people who like to keep your drugs in the car, you can continue to do that. I was going to say, had it gone the other way, I would say, well, the bottom line here is just don't do drugs, but Apparently, that's not the bottom line of this story. <laughs> um, so I guess what that means and, and going forward is that if, uh, unless there isn't an official reason, like you have to have, uh, I don't know what that could possibly be, but a police officer pulling over a car, maybe uh, smoke, you know, Cheech and Chong movies, so those Cheech and Chong movies, mm-hmm. uh, you, you have marijuana smoke 
pouring out the windows. Billowing, as that, it were. That would be a uh, reason for a reasonable search without mm-hmm. a warrant, right? But if you're just pulling somebody over and the police dog is there and jumps on the car, it sounds like you're going to and, be and, okay unless they're able to get a warrant. In one of those it. movies, weren't they driving a truck that was made out of marijuana? I, I think I'm, it was I'm a van, wasn't it? Whatever it was. It was a van, yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if you... I, I shouldn't give tips to how not to get arrested. I mean... <laughs> I was about to do that. Well, I, I could. Okay, because it's, it's, I'm just being facetious what's, anyway. What's the main trip? Here, here's, the, the, here's, main the deal. Tip. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the tip. If you're going to be delivering drugs, take a cat with you. That way, if the dog jumps up on your car, they'll go, oh, he's after my cat. <laughs> um, and I'm, they might believe that. I'm, I'm going to give a little easier uh, to follow tip yeah. uh, on not breaking the law. Um, don't break the law? Don't break the law. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think that's where you're we, going. Uh, I'm going to give you a tip. We, we, easy, <laughs> easy tip. Just don't break the law. Yeah, we could uh, use uh, Jim Carrey from Liar Liar, but uh, one of the words we'd have to censor. Uh, George stop, writes in. Stop breaking the law. <laughs> George uh, writes in. Uh, this is on the subject of electric buses, I guess. Mm. Again, says, interesting conversation electric buses this morning. I have a prediction. One of these buses will catch fire and people will be trapped inside. Uh, just watch the story from an incident that recently happened in London. Man, I, are, I hope your prediction does not come yes, to are uh, you, come true. Are you usually a good psychic or is this just yeah, uh, I, kind of an offshoot in your career? Uh, Mandy and Boise writes in a text message, 208-336-3700, says hybrids also do not thrive in cold temperatures. The batteries only last about six years. $10,000 plus to replace. I had to get rid of mine due to that one reason. That's Mandy mm. and Boise. So she had uh, a hybrid and uh, didn't like the hybrid either. You, you, however, like your... But I you're, still do. I haven't had Not it. what you would consider I, a super cold I, climate. I have here. not had it six years yet. And yeah. Oh. We've only had somewhat uh, really mild winters since we how got ma- it. How many years have you had it? Uh, two. two um, four more years. You better get rid mm-hmm. of it. 208 336 3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. News coming up here next. Don't forget, 15 more minutes or so. Uh, text, I like beer. You can get our final pair of Freedom Brewfest tickets. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. The McCall-Donnelly School District is receiving $3.95 million through the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Clean School Bus Program for 10 new electric school buses. Funding also covers the infrastructure and charging stations for the buses. The Idaho Capital Sun reports McCall-Donnelly will replace its fleet of diesel buses with 10 new zero-emissions electric buses. The new electric buses could decrease the cost of running a bus from about $0.50 per mile under the diesel fleet to $0.08 per mile under the new electric fleet. Funding comes from the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, which authorized the EPA to offer $5 billion in rebates over five years to replace existing school buses with new zero-emission models. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Bill Hilly uh, writes an email, says, leave Mike alone. He's doing a good job. This climate change is going to bankrupt us all. Uh, Bill Hilly, if that is your real name, uh, I don't mind. Everybody, everybody has different opinions, and, and I've said this on this show before. Vigorous debate is good. You don't have to always uh, agree with everything I say. 
Matter of fact, I like it when people don't agree because it, it gives us a chance. How boring would this show be? And, and I'm, I'm answering, asking an honest uh, a question for those of you who are listening this morning. How boring would this show be every day if Chris, myself, every single caller, uh, every person that we interviewed all agreed about any, everything? How boring? That would be a completely boring show. It's like, well, I, I already I know like, what they're going to say. I agree with them. So I feel like the answer shouldn't be even more so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's not the correct answer. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't mind people. I mean, these are my opinions. You know, when I when I give this stuff, uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll say opinions that you know I back try to back up with facts. But I mean, I feel strongly, and you feel strongly as listeners, and I love hearing from listeners who feel strongly. So when you come on, I like it that we have people that have strong opinions. We are going to talk to somebody right now, and uh, Chris calling us uh, this morning from Donley. Um, and I love the fact that we get to talk to someone who knows more about this than anybody else because, Chris, you are a school bus driver in the McCall Donnelly School District, correct? Uh, that is correct. All right. So um, we've been talking. You've been listening to us talk uh, this morning. Uh, first of all, thanks for taking a few minutes. Um, yeah, you bet. Let, let's hear your thoughts on this probably April May of next year, electric ten new electric buses are going to be coming in. Uh, so you're going to be driving an electric bus instead of a diesel-powered bus to pick up and drop off students. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I, I think I heard we're only getting five buses, but uh, so it may be a conflicting report. But um, I know they're going to start working on the infrastructure and charging stations soon. Um, I, one of the things I wanted to respond to, and the reason I called in is, uh, I heard somebody talk about uh, referring to a bus in London or somewhere that, you know, everybody was trapped inside because it caught on fire. Um, I, I just got to dispute that because we're well trained up here. We've got several emergency exits on the bus that, you know, there's right now the bus that I'm sitting in. I've got four window exits, a rear door exit, a student door exit on the side and two hatches on the top all of which can be opened manually and provide plenty of access to get out of the bus if there's a, an emergency issue. So I wanted to dispute that. And just to let you know that I, I am skeptical about the electric buses up here in this cold climate and how they're going to work, And but I'm going to keep an open mind, and uh, I think it's going to take some time to tell if they're, they're feasible uh, long-term up here. So, Chris, let me ask you another thing that we uh, talked about, and and I had talked about my experience in riding a school bus when you know, I had gone to school in the Nesper School District, um, that that school bus uh, every day coming and going was an hour-and-a-half round-trip bus trip. What's the longest uh, bus trip within the school district uh, that that you currently have? Do you know? Uh, it, it It's about an hour and 15 to an hour-and-a-half. Okay. I think the issue is going to be all the field trips and sports activities that we take the kids on. That was my I next mean, question. Go, I mean, how far do yeah, you travel we, normally for those? Because there's not a lot of close schools in your in your classification that you get to do sports at. No, we're down in down in the valley quite a bit. Um, you know, Homedale and Parma, and we got trips up to Coeur d'Alene and state trips down to Twin Falls, and uh, I, I I don't see any way that an electric bus is going to make those trips. I think we're going to have to maintain 
uh, at least enough of a diesel fleet to be able to uh, operate on those trips. Interesting. Thank you for uh, calling us up this morning, Chris. Uh, it was great to actually talk to somebody who is going to uh, have to undertake this. Uh, the other question I had, some, some people would ask, uh, because diesel motors, obviously, if it gets cold enough, have to be plugged in. Uh, do you guys have indoor parking, or do you also have to have engine uh, warmers plugged in during the wintertime for your uh, diesel? We, we, have a, we have a large heated indoor facility, so... Uh, the buses uh, okay. do not need to get plugged in. Uh, and I, I've never seen it cold enough with our diesel engines, even on an overnight trip to places where we have to plug them in. I mean, you know, they, they have starting assist on the buses, so that's that's not an issue. Not an issue. All right. Yeah, the, the one thing I won't miss is standing out in the sideways snow fueling at the diesel pump in the middle of winter. So <laughs> if I can get back around and plug it in and come the next morning and never have to do that, I, I won't miss that at all. All right. Uh, Chris, thank you for the call. Uh, coming up next uh, spring, uh, if you do indeed get the buses in uh, March or, or April, do us a favor, give us a call back and uh, let us know if uh, your skepticism was warranted. I'd be happy to do that. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening up there, too. You bet. Bye. Oh, good. Uh, Wayne writes in, Mike at KBY.com, says, Back of the ca- uh, napkin calculations, a quick Google search shows that an electric bus costs 120000 more than a diesel bus. You state that the electric bus saves $0.42 cents a mile. I, I didn't state that. That was a news report. Mm-hmm. If the bus is used 15,000 uh, miles per year, the cost savings is $6,300. If the difference in cost is saved at 5%, Per year, that money will earn $6,000. Considering lost opportunity costs, hardly a wise decision to go electric. The outcome of electric vehicles is desirable, but the technology is not ready for prime time. Um, Wayne, I will tell you, and I firmly believe this. I don't have anybody within the school district. I haven't heard this from any news reports. Um, but I 100% believe this to be true. If McCall Donnelly School District was not getting the what was it three over three million dollar federal grant to buy the buses to put the infrastructure and the plug-ins and all that in there is no way in the world McCall School District would be doing this I firmly believe the only reason that they're doing this is because it doesn't cost them a dime so if you think it's a good idea, say thank you, federal government. Yeah. Otherwise, say the stuff you usually say. So it's it's not free. Like I said, it's 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 cost it costs taxpayers money, but for the school district and the people that live in the McCall Donnelly School District, it doesn't cost you any further tax dollars than what everybody else in the nation is is has paid in. Um, so you're getting free buses as far as it's concerned for you. It's free to you. But like I said, I don't believe this. If they were not getting these federal monies, this would be happening in any way, shape, or form right now, and probably not for quite a while into the future, if ever. That's my thoughts. <laughs> and, and well done. Eric wrote back, says, thanks for reading my comment on air. Just to be clear, I'm not suggesting some conspiracy or that your bosses are feeding you info or coaching you on how to present. In fact, I'm a little baffled how you derived that from my previous email. That seems conspiratorial to me. Yeah, that was my fault. (laughs) 
Although Mike is now being clear about where he stands on electric vehicles. I've uh, always been clear where I stand. I think you should stand in electric it's never, vehicles. It's never my, deviated for, since we started talking about electric vehicles. My criticism is in the way he originally presented it. It seemed like he was trying to be clever or ironic by pointing out that electric buses might not perform well in the cold climate of McCall. In the process, he admitted he didn't know how electric buses perform but continued to throw in statements that cast doubt about the decision without ever actually saying so. Uh, little statements like taxpayers pay for this come off as little slights, especially when other useful information is omitted, i.e., don't you think the people in McCall considered their own cold climate when making this decision? No! Obviously, everything you say is colored by your perspective, uh, Mike, which was a paraphrase of your on-air response to my email. But you know probably better than I do as a professional radio personality. Are you a professional radio personality? I do get paid. Oh, okay. Does that count? Yeah, uh, I guess. That uh, <laughs> how you present information can affect how the audience perceives it. To me, it just seems you were being intentionally and unnecessarily coy about this story. I'm not talking about the tease. I understand and expect that. It just seemed to me that it took a few listeners to make comments before you fully came clean about your opinion, even though it was in the subtext of your words all along. Perhaps I'm reading too much into this. Hang on. You think? Yeah, you're, but, you're, uh, you're, you're reading way too much into I it. I don't feel bad about pointing it out because I felt this way in other instances as well. Let me end on a positive note. To be clear, I, like Mike Casper, like debate and disagreement, and you two allow for and welcome it as good as anybody in radio, especially around the Treasure Valley. You rarely shoot people down, cut them off, or fully dismiss what they have to say. Thanks for that. Eric, P.S. I really do like beer. I'll look for you this weekend <laughs> if I make it to the event. Well, that's cool, Eric. Can you do me a favor? Could you put a block on uh, Eric's email? No, I'm not going to do that. By the way, Eric, that was sarcasm. I mean, that killed, what, a good two and a half minutes? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, Kelly, you're going to have to write us back on this one. She writes in, uh, well, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, sometimes it's a duck. You don't hear yourself the way listeners do. It does not have to be a conspiracy. Maybe it's just the truth the way we perceive it. Mm, no. No. Um, and and there, here, here's why I, I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, you can have opinions. Um, but if you have a conspiracy like the flat earthers that they think that the earth is flat. I disagree with you. It's not the truth is the way you perceive it. I mean, it's facts. You perceive the earth as flat. You're wrong. You can have an honest opinion that other people find amusing. So it's not always if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck. I mean... You you can say that I'm using you know yeah. the flat earther conspiracy because that's one of the easiest ones to be proved wrong. But there are still um, thousands of people in the world that believe the Earth is fr- flat. And and the walk like a duck, quack like a duck part of it is you go out your front door and you look and you can see that there is no curvature to the Earth. It's just flat for as far as you can see it. 
But, but what about the part you can't see? <laughs> what about the part you can't see? Get up in an airplane sometime uh, and, and take a look in where you can see the curvature there. So I, I, I don't know if that helps explain it anymore or if I uh, misread the context uh, of what you were trying to say, but hopefully that explains it a little bit better. Uh, one more before we take a final break. Uh, Drew writes in, I don't know if this is true. Somebody can uh, call us, but I'm curious, uh, just as much as Drew is, says, Drew, I heard a rumor that... Uh, Kylie Jenner was arrested in Boise last night. Is that true? And why was she in Boise? I don't know. I don't know. I'll put it out there and somebody may be able to answer it as we go to break. We'll take a break. One final break. One final segment on the way. Final minute to get your Freedom Brew Fest tickets. I like beer. Text it. 208-336-3700. We'll pick one of the people that uh, we have received text from to get the final pair of Brew Fest tickets Coming up here next. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.52. All right. Everybody uh, who had texted in for Brewfest tickets, I uh, we chose one winner at random. I have texted that person, so uh, get back to us so we can announce, hopefully before the end of the show. If you did text in, text your text, check your text messages. You uh, read something just before the break where somebody said that they had heard that Kylie Jenner was arrested uh, in Boise last night. Uh, no, but there is a girl whose name is Abigail. I won't tell you her full name, but her name is Abigail. She's 20. She was uh, booked last night at 930 for failure to appear. So there was, a, you know, a warrant when she didn't show up in court. And I don't think you could look more like uh, Kylie Jenner if you were trying to. And my guess is she wow. really is trying to because <laughs> she's she could be a double for Kylie Jenner. So Kylie Jenner didn't get arrested. Somebody who looked like Kylie Jenner got arrested yeah. last night. All right. And boy, that, hopefully that solves uh, your, your, your question there. So if you saw someone and said, hey, that looks like Kylie Jenner. You're right. She did look like <laughs> Kylie Jenner, but it wasn't Kylie Jenner. Uh, text message in at 208-336-3700. And I'm glad we got this text message because I wanted to bring this up before the end of the show uh, today. We have over 8,000 Somali Muslims living here in the Treasure Valley. They don't have to obey for there to be a great deal of chaos here locally. Be careful and aware of your surroundings. And the reason why I'm glad you brought that up is because uh, Palestinian Hamas terror group um yesterday has called Muslim for Muslims worldwide to stay stage a day of jihad or holy war tomorrow. So this isn't just in Palestine or Israel. This is they're calling on Muslims worldwide to stage a day of jihad. Hamas referred to the day as Al uh, Akasa Flood, referring to the name of the operation which it murdered more than twelve hundred Israelis wounded roughly 3,000 and kidnapped over 100. And that's tomorrow? That's tomorrow. Mm. Hamas has also called on Palestinians within the West Bank, known to Israelis as uh, Judea and Samaria, to rise up against all Israeli soldiers and called on Arab citizens of Israel, our people within the occupied territories, to revolt against the state tomorrow. So they're doing this on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. All right, then. I don't know if, uh, you know, they, they picked Friday the 13th on purpose because of how many people are scared of Friday the 13th the way it is. 
Um, but just keep, just keep aware. You know, I, I, I wouldn't think and I would hope that yeah. nothing like that would happen here locally. It is, um, it is a day when the Triskaidekaphobiacs will be staying mm-hmm. home. So just, uh, just keep that in mind because they are calling for uh, a day of jihad worldwide, not just in the Mideast, but, but everywhere. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up for you tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning is also Open Phones Friday where we'll talk about anything that you want to talk about. Uh, That'll be coming up tomorrow. Um, So we'll talk a little bit more, give you updates, whether or not we will have a new House Speaker. They're expected to try, possibly, and vote. I can't even say they're going to vote. Try, maybe, to vote this afternoon if they can get enough support for Steve Scalise. We'll find out. Nate Shelman will have updates for that during his show uh, coming up here this afternoon. We're on a 20-hour break. We'll be back again tomorrow. Have a great day.